When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again for another edition of the Know Your Enemy podcast. It is Michael Beck and Jeffrey Benedict. No special guests tonight, but we, we, we do a little a thing or two about the Baltimore Ravens. Jeffrey Benedict, how are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing good, Michael. I'm feeling classy. I'm having a good time. You, you got the blazer on. Uh, looks like you're sipping something classy. What's uh, What's the occasion? <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel good. I feel like I feel like this season has kind of put it like we've put a cap on the season. Uh, I know. I know the Steelers can technically make the playoffs, and it's actually not the craziest odds to make the playoffs we've had. But uh, honestly, whether we make the playoffs or not, I'm good. We won our Super Bowl. We beat the Browns. In Ben's last game at Heinz Field, and so I'm good. Hey, you know what? That's that's a positive way to look at it, I guess. Like a, a down team that still reaches 500. Ben beats the Browns twice, which, I mean, like, that's probably the whole reason why I came. If the Steelers won two games all year and it's the Browns, I bet Ben would have been like, it was a good year. <laughs> <laughs> Got the Browns. Uh, but, um, yeah, no, like, seriously, the Steelers just need one win and a loss by the Colts. For whatever reason, all, all the advanced stats say the Steelers have a 6% chance. To me, it's got to, like, obviously the Colts have the inside track. They, they win and they're in. We need a little bit of help. But, like, 6% seems ridiculous. Like, to me, it's like it's like 33. You have a, a one a one and three shot of getting in. You got to win your game and then hope the other team loses. Like, at worst, like, yeah, what is it? Like 25 What is it? The Colts haven't won in Jacksonville in, like, 2014 was the last 17 time. decades. I don't know. A bunch of times. It, it It's possible. Weird, weirder things have happened. So, I mean. I mean, they've lost. At Jacksonville last year, anything and can happen. <laughs> the, the funny thing, like, all the divisional teams can rearrange a little bit, but, like, the most likely outcomes is if the Steelers were to get in as the seventh seed, they'd either want go, be going to Tennessee to take on the Titans with a healthy Derek, Derek Henry, healthy A.J. Brown, healthy Julio Jones, 
um, or they'd be going to Kansas City and face a, a healthier Kansas City team that uh, performed perhaps one of the hardest games I've ever had to watch. Um, in that sense, would it be better? Uh, like I, We will get into this game, obviously, uh, this game against the Baltimore Ravens, but would it be better to win this game and then also have the Colts win and not have to go through a playoff, uh, go to the playoffs, or to get in the playoffs and experience the exact same game they had against the Kansas City Chiefs? What would be better for this team building into the future? Um. Honestly, for me, uh, I will say I don't. I don't think it's a negative to make the playoffs at all. If we lose in the wild card game, um, but what if it was forty-two to ten? What, what like what if it, it was just a hard? Okay, honestly, wouldn't just just being there, getting the experience, getting that taste of it. I think matters getting the taste of playoff football, letting these young guys know. Okay, like like playoff football is a different animal. It's not beating up on the Browns and then you know sneaking past the Ravens or something it's it's legit it's it's a big deal uh and it's not at home like the one thing i was worried about is we were gonna have this great game against the cleveland we beat them ben's last home game and then we have a home playoff game and we get absolutely stomped and it's like his last game at Tynes field is actually getting crushed in the playoffs not not ideal we can still win on the road we've been road dogs before we've done it before his first second season in the league he had to go on the road four straight times to win a Super Bowl. So if it's if the Steelers are going to pull off something crazy, this is a great situation to come into to pull off something crazy. And if they're not, it's not a bad situation to be in either. Uh, it's crazy to me, though. I, I, I feel like maybe I've given up on the Steelers being a Super Bowl contender, even though they still have a chance. Uh, they're still – I mean, they're still alive. You If you're alive, you have a chance. Uh but I, I, I'm more satisfied with the end we're writing for Ben Roethlisberger's career than anything else. Yeah, it's funny. Like, I've seen I, – I can't remember who it was, but they kind of offered, like, hey, Jerome Bettis' like, end of his career was as storybook as you can get winning a Super Bowl. Ben didn't win a Super Bowl, but it feels pretty darn close with that win at home on Monday Night Football yeah. with all the cameras and uh, the way they won. And just, like, it, it felt storybook, even, even though there's no trophy for that. It just, it just felt good. Like, would you agree yeah. with that? Oh, okay. absolutely. It was a great game. The atmosphere, the crowd, the the curtain call, you know, half lap around the field, all of it just felt great, uh, especially with how the Browns were talking before the game. Of, you know, we're going to send Ben Roethlisberger out our way. Yeah, okay. All the fans that I had, like, on Twitter, all the Cleveland fans were like, Ben's going to be crying again. Well, he was. He was crying. It was just, you know. He so was happy and, and he was crying because he was getting cheered for and his family was there. It was a beautiful moment. <laughs> it, it, it's funny. Like I, I saw a lot of people being like, yeah, I, I got strangely emotional. Like on Jeff Hart, Hartman's Let's Ride, he's saying like, yeah, he got kind of emotional in front of his kids. And then like reading some stuff on Twitter, people talking about being pretty down from it. For me, the, the only moment I got emotional was writing the post game grades. Uh, I don't know if you read it, but the, the my last line, was um in like the just the overall grade uh I, I can't remember it exactly but it was it just simply went like thank you Ben Roethlisberger for being our quarterback for 18 yeah. years and and like that like it hit me it was just like wow that's I I've known nothing else I'm I'm 25 years old I I re like I remember Tommy Maddox really that was the only other quarterback I can remember starting for the Pittsburgh Steelers and even then that was 19 yeah. years ago I, I like I was what six years old like i know i was, ben I was 15 
and really getting into football for the first time in 1994. So <laughs> that playoff game against the Chargers uh, was the first football game my mom let me watch from start to finish. And uh, that was disappointing. Mm. Uh, watch the Super Bowl the next year, all that. So I've, I've been on board for a while. Honestly, I love Ben. I've loved this entire thing, uh, the entire ride. I still say no other quarterback could have won in that 2008 season, but Ben Roethlisberger is such a great year. But I don't, I don't know. I, I've known it's been time. Like, it's been time. It's He's kind of been playing on borrowed time here for a year and a half. So I, in my opinion, I – it doesn't resonate with me that way. Like I'm, I know it's time to go, but man, we got a lot out of him. Uh, we got two Super Bowls. Um, that that's awesome. Yeah, and I'd say the only real sad part about Ben's career, from like an on-field perspective, he probably should have had two two more rings, in my opinion. 2015 is the obvious one. Everyone was hurt going into that uh, that divisional game against Denver, which they still nearly won if it wasn't for a four-string running back fumbling the ball and giving Peyton Manning some time to win that game. That was your eventual Super Bowl champions. The Steelers went in there without Le'Veon Bell, yeah. without D'Angelo Williams, without half their line, without Antonio Brown. Ben Roethlisberger's shoulders messed up. Like, seriously, 2015, they should have got one. Uh, 2017, if Ryan Chazier didn't get hurt, like, I think I think that's Denver. enough to beat the Jags. Heck, that's probably enough to beat the Patriots um, and have the first seed anyway. Uh, and then not even have to go through that and then have New England come to Pittsburgh and then they play in that Super Bowl. Like a, a couple injuries here and there, uh, obviously some really horrid ones to Shazier, of course, but um, Ben probably should have had four rings in his career. Like well, things are just unfortunate. Not to mention 2004 Patriots, mm -hmm. the Spygate Patriots and a certain middle linebacker who somehow crushed Dan Kreider consistently and then had a stroke after that season. Uh, I don't know what he was doing. I don't, and I, and I hate throwing accusations out there, but it's a little weird when people are like, that's the first time I've ever seen Dan Kreider knocked backward in a hole. And then after the season, the dude has a stroke. Like, <laughs> like, uh, I don't know what he was on, but yowza. Yeah. Well, Maybe we should get into uh, this Sunday's game, of course. Like, uh, <laughs> jump like, down that rabbit that. hole. <laughs> That's a that. live grenade. Um, I'll, I'll save. Uh, I'll save my my one for another time. But <laughs> um, this Sunday's game again, it's still important um, for this team. Of course, a playoff game is on the line. Uh, a loss, and the Steelers could fall to like the 14th seed in the draft. A win, they get in the playoffs. You, you win one playoff game, all of a sudden you're picking in the mid to late 20s. So. Uh, there's a, obviously there's still a ton to be played for, uh, building towards the future of this team, uh, TJ Watt ch chasing a sack record, um, not really too many other incentives that really could come off the board. I don't anticipate Ben Roethlisberger throwing five touchdowns, uh, Chase Claypool getting 180 yards through the air. So really when it comes to those, uh, those big time stats, really it kind of falls back on a TJ Watt here, uh, who is a sack away from tying Michael Strahan for all time sacks in the season despite missing two games and uh, playing through crap cracked ribs against the Kansas city chiefs and uh, playing through uh, that groin injury or multiple groin injury. Like he has not been healthy this year and he's still a sack away from tying one of the records that seemed that was going to stand for a long, long time. It has, but it seems moments away from actually falling. Uh, of course, it doesn't look like Lamar Jackson. I've said this before. It doesn't look like Lamar Jackson's going to go. It really, it, it would be a little silly for the Ravens to play him at this point and try to risk uh, him not coming back 
or like missing more offseason than he needs to with his ankle injury. So it looks like TJ will be chasing Tyler Huntley. Do you think TJ gets that sack and a half? Or do you think they pull the old uh, Brett Favre just fall in front of him so he gets a, uh, the sack at the end of the game? Or how do you think this plays out? Um, well, I'm going to, I'm going to start, uh, by jumping on one of my soapboxes here and, and saying that people played football before 1982. Um, being Joe green officially has zero sacks, uh, because someone the NFL doesn't it recognize anything before 1982, but there was a project went back, recorded all of the sacks from like 1960 something. And, uh, this is relevant right now because Al Baker, yeah, 1978 had 23 sacks. So for me, it's not a sack and a half. I want TJ to get two. He has two sacks. And if the second sack is just a straight up sack, he will pass Strahan and Al Baker in one shot. And, and it won't, you won't have to sit there with the caveats. Like, well, yeah, if the NFL would count, you know, for real, real numbers, you know, from before 1982, then yeah, TJ wouldn't be the leader. So hopefully he gets those two and becomes the real, real NFL, you know, all-time sack leader. That'd be fantastic. So uh, I think he gets it. I think I'd – and, again, I, I can show plays from that last game. One of the sacks T.J. Watt got, they blitzed. There were five rushers against five offensive linemen, and four guys – we're containing Baker Mayfield in the pocket. And the only guy really going to sack him was TJ Watt. And it ended with a sack. Like there are ways Keith Butler draws up plays to just be like, TJ, go get the quarterback and everyone else. Make sure TJ gets the quarterback. Like that's your job. You're better at that than actually getting to the quarterback yourself. So just let TJ do, you know, go get the quarterback and you guys just keep them trapped in the pocket. That could happen. Uh, that could absolutely happen. Uh, I, I think he gets it. We got to remember how, how many sacks did the Steelers have in their first game against the Ravens? Didn't they have like seven or eight? They had a lot. Seven. Seven, yeah. Seven. And they had four against the Browns the first time. So they have 13 sacks against the Browns this year. They already have seven against the Ravens. If they get six sacks, which could happen. I mean, that could happen the way this team's been playing. TJ Watts healthy, plays the whole game. Alejandro they get a little Villanueva help around him back. So. Six sacks. I want. I want six sacks for the Steelers. TJ gets two to go to twenty-three and a half. Ooh. Maybe two and a half. Get all the way to twenty-four. Oh, if he if he replicated what he did this past week, say four and a half, just so so it's a clean number. He hits twenty-six. 26. The Steelers make the playoffs. He hits twenty-six. <laughs> like he goes off. Is he MVP? Like he has eighth best odds uh, from what I just saw. Uh, like yeah. seriously, at what point do we start like having that conversation? Cause like he should already be there in my opinion for like the wins above replacement. Like when he's not on the Steelers, you're so much worse. Yeah. Like at what point do we start that conversation? Like Oh, four and one, when he doesn't play 50% of the snaps or more. And if he wins this, if they win against Baltimore, they'd be nine and three. When he does play, if it's eight and four, he doesn't have a prayer, right? If they are nine and three, Gosh, you got you got a hard time telling me he's not the most valuable player in the NFL. That he's not that guy. And really, I get it. It it should be changed to the best quarterback on the best team award is what yeah, it really should really. be named. Uh, but honestly, TJ Watt MVP. If they if they come and win this game, he takes the all time single season sack record. He should be the MVP. I I think especially if he takes it by a couple, because like. 
not only is he leading the league in sacks, he's leading it in quarterback hits, in tackles for loss. I believe he's tied. Um, uh, in forced fumbles, he's tied for fifth. Like, like he, despite all this missed time, he is still leading the league in a ton of cap. If he played a healthy season, uh, could he be at 30 sacks right now? Like, seriously, like, I don't see why not. Those games, yeah. he was limited. He was very limited. With those groin injuries coming back, he looked slow. He could barely play against the Bengals. He could barely play against the Packers. He still got two sacks in that game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely ridiculous season he's having. It's incredible. Uh, I, I mean, how good is he? I don't even know. I, I it's like how he's unstoppable. He's he's insane. It's it's ridiculous. So one of my lines from that last game after uh, JJ Watt kind of congratulated his little brother, I was like. TJ must just have the worst case of little brother syndrome ever. Like just the yeah. worst case. And that's why he's great. Just like envy towards JJ. He's just like, yeah, screw this guy. I got to be better than him. Do you think that's I've a like, he just been like, I, Here it is more sacks in the season than JJ ever did. He had 20 and a half twice. TJ's got 21 and a half. Yep. Yep. And, <sighs> and, and use there was something uh there was a TV something where JJ was talking about defensive player of the year as being like no his tweet afterwards was like oh wouldn't it be the worst if your brother won like defensive player of the year and rubbed it in all the time yeah like something like that it was I was like yeah and I think I think JJ knows that motivates him and I, he probably plays that up he's the oldest brother he's probably just like constantly like yeah you know what talk to me when you get 20 sacks twice. Talk to yeah. me the second time you pull it off. Talk to me when you have four defensive player of the year awards. Yeah. yeah. Not just finishing TJ's second. just like, I'm going to get 45 sacks this season and show you. Seriously, next year, if you went off for like 35, it'd be like, uh, just point at JJ. That, he, he's the reason. He's the fault. He's yeah. at fault for this. <laughs> you, know, you know what? I I blame JJ not coming here. JJ didn't I, come here. TJ's like, forget you. I'm going to get... I'm gonna get as many as I got and as many as you would have gotten. Sacks uh, enough for both. Now, now that I sit here, it's like imagine if JJ did sign with the Steelers, like a one-year deal. He gets hurt. Stefan it obviously going through what he's going through. Like the D line would still be where it is. It, yeah. Like that. Like it's just like oh. yeah. If he had signed, we'd still be toast. Yeah. Hey, to be fair, Montrevious Adams has played pretty good. Isaiah Loudermilk, I like his development. Um, I, I know yeah. we're breaking down the game against the Ravens, but I, I'm curious because I, I know you're you're a film guru. What have you seen from Loudermilk the last couple of weeks? Because he's gotten a couple of starts now. I I've liked what I've seen personally. Uh, there was there was a point where I was kind of getting down on him because he was he was kind of slipping and his his snaps were going down. Uh, he's really bounced back. He he had a fantastic game. I mean, they started him against Cleveland. He was the starter. He he didn't get that many fewer snaps than Cameron Hayward. Uh, his big strength is he's learning to use his length. Real, even more than he did early on, uh, you can tell Cameron Hayward is, is rubbing off on him. Uh, Cameron Hayward had a heck of a game against Cleveland. Just, and it, I feel like you can say it every week, but it stands out every once in a while. You're just like, holy crap, like they can't do anything against Cameron Hayward. They just have to constantly try and go away from him. Like they kept running plays towards TJ Watt because the other alternative was we'll go towards Cameron Hayward. And they're like, well, maybe we can get past TJ Watt. Maybe, but you're just not running towards camp. So, it, oh man, and and louder. I know I'm supposed to talk about louder milk. Louder milk is doing better. Uh, still would like to see some real pass rush from him. He's showing that he's picked up how to contain. Uh, 
better than him this last game was Montrevious Adams. Montrevious Adams he's played quick. a really good game. He's quick. very solid. Yeah. yeah. And they, I, they like that. They keep going that way. Javon Hargrave was quick. Carlos Davis is quick. Like they like those quick nose tackles. Weird. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna make for a very interesting offseason. I'm, I'm uh, compiling a list of uh, free agents uh, from the Steelers, and it's already like there's some names on here that you're like, I want this guy brought back. Like, yeah. like for as much struggles they had in some spots, there's been some guys that are like, yeah, this guy might have something here. So uh, Adams definitely one of those guys. But um, absolutely. Moving into this game, of course, um, focusing on the Baltimore Ravens a little bit here. Tyler Huntley, I don't know how much of him you've watched since he's taken over since Lamar Jackson's hurt his ankle, but it's like they haven't really missed a beat. He looks really dang good. Uh, he looks just as athletic as Lamar. Um, I, I, I hesitate to say anything about his arm strength, but like, man, like Baltimore seems to have like another good quarterback there. Um, is this someone the Steelers can't take lightly? Absolutely. Absolutely. They have found a quarterback who can run this offense when Lamar is out. Uh, and the thing I like about Huntley is Lamar Jackson has learned that he needs to not run as much. And we've seen his number rush numbers in, in yards per carry and in attempts per game uh, drop because of that. This kid hasn't. And the Ravens are at their best under this offense uh, they were at their best when Lamar Jackson hadn't learned that he shouldn't run quite so much. That's when they were a better team. Uh, they don't, they still don't have the wide receivers to be like, like Mark Andrews is their number one receiver and he, he's got some great numbers and he's a really good tight end. But a lot of that numbers is just the fact that they have to throw to him because they're just not other options that are very good on that team. So I, to me, Huntley is as dangerous as Lamar Jackson because that he, as a running quarterback, he's a little more reckless and a little more fearless than Lamar is right now. So they obviously, I, I think he's just as big a threat. Okay. Um, that is, uh, that is definitely something to watch out for. Thankfully the Steelers athletic linebackers uh, are back in this game. Uh, a bunch of guys coming off the COVID list, Devin Bush and Joe Schobert will be in the lineup again. Um, will they impact the game because they are a little bit on the speedier side? I know Devin Bush has been uh, reserved at times this year. Joe schobert has gone over a hundred tackles, um, but uh, do you think uh, getting these two guys back is definitely going to help try to contain Huntley? Yes. Uh, yes. Devin Bush for as much as he struggled in interior run defense where he's up in the line and trying to take on blockers when this defensive line's getting shoved around, as much as that exposes his weaknesses as a player, and he struggled with that this year, his speed in coverage is back. Uh, he had a couple of key pass breakups, obviously the one tipped ball that was an interception uh, before he missed more time with COVID. Uh, he he was getting back his speed. He's getting back to that. And that's a big deal, both in chasing down Huntley, but also one of the great things about Devin Bush when he was healthy was and, and fast is he can run with those quarterbacks and still like cover a tight end or a wide receiver doing a drag there. And he doesn't have to overcommit to the quarterback. Like he can wait until that quarterback really commits to run and then boom, still get to him. Uh, while sitting there and taking away routes. 
He is great at that, and that is a real, real weapon against a quarterback who's going to scramble outside and try and make plays outside the pocket. Uh, so he's a big deal. Schobert, Schobert is a big deal. Uh, but to me, he's a more reliable Robert Spillane, where Robert Spillane is a little bit more flashy in the run game and a little better blitzer than Schobert. But Schobert Spillane, to me, is not a big gap. Bush brings a specific skill set that has a lot of value in this game. So, of course, uh, if uh, you guys haven't heard of the COVID uh, list, uh, the Steelers are activating six guys today, uh, including Bush and Schobert, uh, Chris Wormley, Anthony McFarland, um, uh, as well as some other guys, Arthur Mollette. Uh, and there's one other player that I am blanking on, unfortunately. But um, there, there isn't uh, too many guys, of course, that are coming on that are big-time impact guys, but one guy is going onto the list today, of course, that being Joe Hayden. And the Steelers, we know, have struggled mightily uh, since Joe Hayden's gotten to Pittsburgh when he is not available in the lineup. But, uh, Jeffrey, what is that? Uh, how does that affect uh, Sunday's matchup, and what are the Steelers going to do without him? Well, with Arthur Millette back, and did you did you mention Zach Banner? Was he? Oh, Banner. That was the other one. Yeah, yeah I think he's the sixth. Uh, with Arthur Millette back, Joe Hayden's hurt loss hurts, but you're gonna see, you know, they can they can put Witherspoon in that. He's been playing really good recently. Uh Arthur Millette is back to play nickel, which is big against the Ravens because he's their best run stopping, you know, inside slot guy. Uh I I think they will be better off than they have been recently with Joe Hayden out. I, I think they're better able to cover for it than they have in the been in the past. But, I mean, obviously we'll see. I, I also – he's not – Joe Hayden isn't a guy you want matched up on a Marquise Brown, right? That's not – like, that's not a good matchup for him. Akella Weatherspoon is actually a better matchup for Marquise Brown. Brown is super fast. He's not the best route runner. So, if you want someone who can just run with him, Akella Witherspoon's not a bad option there at all because he can. He is that kind of athlete. He's taller than him. You're going to have a hard time fitting passes into Marquise Brown if, if Witherspoon is right there. So I think I think that works pretty well for them, uh, and I don't think the loss of Hayden will be as big as it normally is. The question mark there is run defense. If they're if they're running their option and they're having some success, and the interior line is struggling, Joe Hayden was would step up into a bigger role in run defense on those plays. If they if they don't if they don't get it together, you know, in the defensive line. Uh, that could be where it really loses is actually in in the run game. So sticking with Joe Hayden a little bit here, uh, Steelers insider Jerry Dulac today um, had a somewhat cryptic tweet once uh, Hayden was put on the COVID list. I know uh, there's some speculation between me and others that uh, it, it's potential that this could be Joe Hayden's, uh, well, last game against the Browns could have been his final game. As a Pittsburgh Steeler, of course, his deal is coming up um, and he uh, was not able to sign something this past training camp. But Dulac went on record today. He tweeted something cryptic, basically saying, oh, don't think that this is going to be it. For, don't, like, speculate. This is going to be the last game that Joe Hayden plays in the black and gold. I mean, it would be classic Jer Bear, as we love to call him at BTSC, uh, to uh, literally just mean that, oh, he could play in the playoff game. But um, do you think Joe Hayden could be back next year? It's starting to become time to talk about these things. Man, that's a tough one to call. Uh, I know the Steelers, I shouldn't say I know, I believe the Steelers would love to have him back. 
Uh, Mike Tomlin loves veteran leadership, and you don't have that in the cornerback room outside of one incredibly good, one absolutely excellent leader in Joe Hayden, who is the chief of that room. He runs that ship, right? Oh, he is invaluable in that role. Uh, Minkovitz Patrick is obviously another good one, but for the cornerback room specifically, Joe Hayden would be very hard to replace in that specific capacity. He's also still really good. And they don't have miscommunications when he's out there. Like they got rid of Artie Burns. They, like Joe Hayden came in and they got rid of Artie Burns. And we don't have miscommunications all the time in the secondary anymore. It's very rare. Uh, I don't think they want to let Joe Hayden go. The question mark is how far apart are the Steelers and Joe Hayden going to be on his contract numbers? Because I don't know. I mean, Joe Hayden's made a lot of money. Uh, money. He's got a lot of pride, and they call him Joe Money for a reason. I don't know if he would sit there and be like, you know what, I'll play for less. Some people will do that. Other people are like, no, you know, if you want me, pay me, and if you don't want me, I'm fine. I'll walk. I'll be. I'll be. I can retire now and be fine. I don't know which way he'll go. Uh, I would love to see Joe Hayden stick around for another three-year contract and and fall into like the Deshae Townsend role where he becomes a slot receiver or a slot corner. Uh, the Steelers could use a good nickel upgrade, you know, and, and Joe Hayden could be that guy. Uh, we saw this past game against Cleveland in our nickel package without Arthur Millette there. It was Joe Hayden and Cameron Sutton starting, and then Sutton slid inside and Witherspoon was outside in nickel. Next year, if, if you think Joe Hayden doesn't have the speed to be a number one corner anymore, you could make that work where Sutton stays outside and, and you have like a Witherspoon outside and Joe Hayden slides into the slot. He could do it. He's smart enough to play that position. Uh, he's great at run support. I mean, he, he could do everything that slot corner does and he could be a valuable addition in a, in that same role Deshae How Townsend took over when he stopped being a number one corner. Um, so just to answer something here from Andrew Wilbar, um, he says, Jerry Bear never seems to name a source as to why he says what he says. To be fair, his sources is himself. He goes and talks to these guys. Um, so he probably had a conversation with Joe or Kevin Colbert. Like, I know Jerry Dulac can, uh, like, it'll be funny sometimes. You'll see his things pop up. Um, he was like me. He thought the Steelers for sure were going to sign a center next year, never ha or last year, rather, never happened. Uh, but Jerry, when it comes to players re-signing and when it comes to the draft, he's on the money. Um, so I will credit him in, in this situation 100%. Uh, I feel like he probably has talked to someone. And if the money's right, I have no doubt in my mind that Joe Money, the I think the highest earning defensive back in the history of football, will come yeah. back. And you know what? I know we've talked about it a bunch, but uh, if he can retire with more years played as a Pittsburgh Steeler than a Cleveland Brown, that'd be pretty cool. Especially I, Hayden is a guy that probably is on the cusp of Hall of Fame. I know he's never won a playoff game, and that really hurts because he is beloved in this league. I hope he does yeah. win some playoff games. I hope he wins a ring. If he left Pittsburgh, and uh, the Steelers weren't in the playoffs, and his team was, I'd be cheering for whoever's team he was on because that dude deserves it. Um, Absolutely. But aside from that, getting into this game once again, the Ravens' secondary has been decimated by injury. Everyone. Uh, I guess Chuck Clark is the only guy, and he made, he made plays last week, but with their secondary the way it is, is this a game that Ben Roethlisberger needs to be able to throw the football to win it, or can Najee Harris once again – go off, win a game like he did a week ago. What uh, does this offense have to do here? Uh, 
I think I don't think you're going to get away with what the passing game did against Cleveland and get a win. I don't think that's going to happen against the Ravens. I think you're going to need more than that. Can they get it? I don't know. I don't know. I I expected Ben to be not good in that game. When he's having an emotional kind of game, he doesn't play well. Uh, So for me, I kind of expected him to not play well on Monday night. And he definitely wasn't the passing game wasn't good. There he, were he was probably passes. the worst player in the field. Come on, that's okay. Yeah. Well, there were some wide receivers. Okay. Yeah. The played receivers pretty were bad. not good. Yeah. Yeah. I. I just. I wonder if they were all just trying too hard. Like. Like it looked like because you know everyone. They're all like, oh, wide receivers got to make plays for Ben, and I'm sure they felt that and they wanted to make plays for Ben, but you can try too hard and end up having really bad results just because you're pushing yourself and you're not just playing the game. Uh, I think we can see a better passing game. I don't know how good that could get, but yeah, when the Ravens when the Ravens are down defensive backs, Ben Ben usually torches them pretty good. Marlon Humphrey not being there is immense. He he is so tough for the Steelers. Is they just they know who Ben likes to throw on in different formations, and they just put Marlon Humphrey there, which is normally the slot. He loves throwing to the slot. They just put Marlon Humphrey there, and they're like, nope. Not going there. What else do you have? And uh, with him out, that's a big deal. Uh, but I think the key is getting balance there, working both. And I, th- I think that's the key to success. Now, it, this game in general as well. Uh, of course, the Steelers just played a very emotional game against the Cleveland Browns. And uh, to me, there's a little bit of worry that they, they left everything on the field and they have nothing left to give. And they might just come out and have a stinker against Baltimore and play like crap. They play bad on the road this year. I, I believe they're two and six or two and five yep. on the road this year. Much better home team than they are on the road. Um, do you worry um, that uh, this team could go out and uh, lay an egg against Baltimore? Yeah, I mean they're we've we've all watched this season. They are clearly capable of coming out and just playing like trash. Uh, and if T.J. Watt plays less than 50% of the snaps, you, you, you know, that's that's kind of how we lose. Uh, I I think you'll see a few things uh, that will offset that. One is we're getting guys back. Arthur Mobilette, Joe Schobert, Devin Bush missed last week. Uh, they're going to want to put some good stuff on tape against the Ravens. This team also has T.J. Watt, who has carried that defense so much, they are going to want to get him that record. Absolutely want to get him that record. And it's the Ravens. They want a chance to sweep the Ravens and really just keep extending this streak of stuff in the Ravens every game. is is just That's a fantastic thing. And, and as long as they can keep it going, you know they enjoy it. You know they love it. Uh I think we're getting enough players back that I think that will help. I'm interested to see what Najee has left. He's still young. You know, he, he probably can pull off a slightly shorter week. Uh, and the big, the big thing to me is the offensive line, how they execute uh, you, you as a former offensive lineman, what did you, what did you see from the offensive line against Cleveland different than what they've been doing? Um, I saw some drive, some push. I saw guys not going, uh, being pushed backwards into the quarterback. I saw them not in the lap of the running back. 
like they just played a solid game. Uh, I know a lot of people pointed towards a, a few different things. Um, supposedly that they're double teaming at the point of attack. You don't just make that switch late in the year, e- even though they switched offensive line coaches. I feel like that might've been overblown a little bit. I know Chris Morgan is new there. There really isn't too, you can't really teach a whole new set of technique. I know it's the NFL and it's their job, but like yeah. to do that in, like in a week, it's just not, it's not possible. You work on it a full year and you could still suck at the technique by the end of the season. So it really isn't that. And to me, I hate to say it, I, I ragged on him a ton, but I think not having Kendrick Green on the field, I think that helped. Jay-Z Hasenauer has been in the NFL longer. I think he might be more confident making the play call without actually being there. So I, I couldn't tell you for certain. But it, it's definitely likely that Hasenauer is more confident making the calls. And Hasenauer is a, a bit longer of a player. Uh, longer arms, he's not going to get uh, just hit before he can get his hands locked into a defensive lineman. I think those are two pretty big things right there. Uh, they looked a lot better without Kendrick Green on the field. And I know he's a guy that's been easy to rag on, but he hasn't been good at all. And that kind of no, leads me to what I wanted to ask you. Um, if Kendrick Green is healthy this week, do you did you play him? Is he your starting center? Do you, do you give Hasnauer another week? Because that's the best the offensive line has w- looked in weeks. And despite that, Najee Harris had 188 rushing yards, 181 of them came after contact. So the line still wasn't great. As a matter of fact, it was it's still pretty bad, but uh, yeah. they kept Ben pretty clean, uh, and they didn't get pushed into Najee's lap. They just kind of stalemated at the line. Is that great? No. Is it better? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so who do you anticipate starting at center this week? And uh, if Green is healthy, would you start him? I, I'll i answer that, and I kind of want to go back to some of the things you were saying. Uh, with the double teaming, one of the things I saw, and uh, I have to give credit, uh, Kevin Smith from our site uh, brought this up saying that they, it looked to him like they ran uh, less outside zone. So on my look, on my look back through the game, I looked at that and they did, they, they've run inside zone all year, uh, but they ran it a lot more in this game than they did in other games. And one of the differences you'll see with Kendrick Green and JC Hassenauer is JC Hassenauer is terrible in outside zone. He is not mobile. He's not quick. He's not the athlete. He's not a hitter. He is kind of a technique guy. Uh, he's just very solid. Like like you were saying, he's just very solid at, at whatever he does. And it shows up to me in, in his hands and his technique. You, you just see he doesn't lose, right? He may not win convincingly even, but he doesn't lose. And in my opinion, he's much better in those double team blocks and much worse at outside zone. And with the guys they have in, I mean, Leglu, Trey Turner, and then it was Joe Hegg for a while. And, and you know, J.C. Hassanauer, you don't have a team that can really run outside zone well. So they went inside zone, and they ran it really well. They executed it really well. J.C. Hassenauer was a part of that. Uh, Trey Turner, that's one of his strengths. That's one of his best things. So to me, if the Steelers look at that run approach that they had, that run game that they had and say, you know what, we need to do it again. Uh, I don't know if they'll do that because Cleveland's weaker on the interior and they're better at the edge. Uh, Baltimore is the opposite. Baltimore, if, if Brandon Williams is in that game, that's that's hard to run on. He's uh, getting old. I know, but he's still he's still really good. But if they look at that strategy and say, hey, we want to duplicate that. We want to focus on running inside. Uh, we want to focus on the inside zone. Then I think they got to stick with J.C. Hassenhauer. 
and really just kind of, I, I think it would be best at this point to kind of sit Kendrick Green and say, you know what, let's get you, let's get you into the off season. Let's let's get you learn how to be an NFL center. Uh, let's hope we see a growth from you like we like we're seeing from J.C. Asenauer from year one to year two. Yeah, and we see that kind of growth from Kendrick Green, and maybe he can be something. I think this to me, I think this position is still up for grabs. Uh, Kendrick Green would yeah. be foolish to leave Pittsburgh this offseason. If he wants that job, he needs to stay there and work with those strength and conditioning coaches all offseason. Uh, if I was the center of the team in his position, like seeing seeing what the fans are saying online, like <laughs> the people that pay will ultimately affect decisions. Um, and like just flat out watching yourself on tape. There's no reason why the Steelers shouldn't bring in competition. And if uh, that yeah. top center, I know we've talked about him before from Iowa, Mr. Linderbaum is available. There's no reason why the Steelers shouldn't take him. You see it, what a little bit of help the offensive line, like solid offensive line play. Najee Harris is the best game of his career. Mm-hmm. He's going off for the longest runs of his career. Like the two longest runs of his career came against the Cleveland Browns. And again, the offensive line wasn't even that good. They were considerably better running the football get this guy some lanes yeah he could be jonathan taylor for you. yeah he's not he's not the running back that's going to take it off for 80 he's not that speed back but could he rip 10 15 20 yards more consistently yeah and he's a Absolutely. powerful runner he's going to put dbs on the ground so there's no reason why he can't rip those 30 yarders all day long get him some help that is what i'm going to be preaching all off season long, but uh, I kind of keep- know we're kind of setting the stage here. This off season is going to be great. You guys can look forward to our shows uh, where, where I get adamant that the Steelers draft a defensive lineman with their first round pick. And, and Michael Beck over here is going to be like, no, they need that <laughs> offensive line. It's going to be fun. Uh, as long as they're big, really. Uh, if hey, if two, it is back. If, if you know, two, it is back. Uh, and and it, well, really, if everyone else comes back too, uh, Tyson Alualu, he's still cheap uh, on one year left in his deal. Is is now even the time? Uh, like you, you gotta. Well, they gotta do something at quarterback. They only have Mason Rudolph under contract. Someone else is gonna be brought in. I, I feel like you, you just gotta protect like Rudolph with no help. That's that's not gonna be any better than uh, Ben with what he's had blocking from this year. I, I I know. Okay, that's an offseason question. Gosh darn it, Jeffrey Benedict, you are getting me into it. You're getting me into it right now. Huh. Sunday, they're playing Baltimore. It's an important game. They got to win. Yes. Harbaugh versus Tomlin, one of the greatest uh, coaching uh, battles ever, really. It, Dungy versus Belichick didn't even last that long. Uh, yep. it, it, might, it might be – I'm not sure uh, on uh, on head-to-head matchup totals, but it's got to be closing in on one of the most uh, played head-to-head head coaching battles ever. Uh, it's probably, it's probably near the top three at this point, if you can find that stat, but, um, how important is is it to either coach's legacy? Um, when things are all wrapped up for two guys to be tied together for so long, how important is it for one of these guys to have, uh, that winning record over the other one? It is, it is a big deal. Those two, that's a big deal because it's Steelers Ravens. And, and it's interesting because it used to be you know, Ray Lewis uh, and Ray Lewis, Joey Porter, Ray Lewis, Troy Palomalu and Ed Reed. And it was all that uh, James Fair, all those guys, it was all about them. Terrell Suggs, James Harrison. But now there's not really those matchups, right? It's not Joe Flacco, Ben Roethlisberger anymore. It's Lamar Jackson. It's there's, there's no real similarities on these teams yeah. player wise. 
So it's yeah. kind of become the story is Tomlin versus Harbaugh uh, because they are similar in their records. They both have a Super Bowl win. They both have really good records across the board. Uh, it, it's very, it, it's a really good head-to-head matchup, and they're close. Their, their matchups head-to-head are always close. Ravens, Steelers are always good. And recently, Tomlin's had the best of it. Uh, it it's crazy to me. They've had Lamar, and it seems like we face Lamar once a year. Yeah. Like he, he misses one game against us every year. And it doesn't matter. We, we, we've been beating him whether he's there or not. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's a matchup, and I think it's a big deal for the coaches, and I think it's a big deal for the Steelers right now that we have Mike Tomlin winning that head-to-head matchup with the Ravens. It, it let us win the division last year. You know, that's a big part of winning the division last year was that when it wins against the Ravens. So, keep, you know, keep it going. I, I it's it's the story of the game and it's a great it's a great matchup and we always get to hear you know weird decisions Harbaugh made versus weird decisions Tomlin made this is going to be the story of the game and a big game it's going to be I know Baltimore's favorite I think currently at uh, three and a half points right now which is pretty standard uh, being a home team of course uh, they're very beat up uh, Pittsburgh just hasn't been very good on the road so it's going to be interesting to see how this shakes down but I am now curious what your final score prediction is going to be for this game. Well, I've been predicting that the defense is going to score a touchdown now for like months. <laughs> 17 weeks. haven't done it. So this week, I'm going with my guarantee that the Steelers' defense will 100% absolutely not score a touchdown. The Steelers' <laughs> defense, psychology. there's 0% chance that that defense will score a touchdown at all. Not going to happen. Especially not Uh, T.J. Watt. Guaranteed, and the Steelers are still going to magically find a way uh, to win this game 17-13. to And Mm. T.J. Watt's going to get two and a half sacks. Oh, two and a half sacks. Two and a half sacks. uh, uh, No, 24 in the year. He's going to get one and a half and then get one late in the game that's kind of garbage-ish. Oh yeah, just like like break the record and then like well, one on top of that and just really drive that nail. Like his third sack of Baker Mayfield last night. Baker Mayfield scrambled, slides just behind the line of scrimmage, and TJ walks up and touches his shoulder. This is like tap mine, claim it. <laughs> bing bing bing. <laughs> hey, it's good for the NFL though. Like uh, breaking yeah. records is good for the league. But um, everyone gets you know cheesy sacks. <laughs> and the funny thing is, TJ Watt after year five, depending on how this game goes. He'll probably be the Steelers' all-time sacks leader in a career by about like week six next year. But like legitimately for how good this franchise has been. Someone totaled the unofficial sacks for the Steel Curtain. He still would be number one this year. Or next year, excuse me. Within like like 10 games. Easy. Yeah, because, well, James Harrison is number one. Yeah. Uh, And then it's Elsie Greenwood, Mean Joe Green, and TJ Watt. I believe is still behind them. I I think I think you're right on that. Uh, he just passed Cam Hayward, which is funny because Cam Hayward had a sack in that game too, and TJ still blew by him with four in that game. So it is pretty oh. interesting to see. Actually, I need to be corrected. TJ Watt is fifth. He has because uh, Jason Gilden has 77 sacks. He's ahead of TJ Watt. Uh, Bean Joe Green has 77 and a half. Elsie Greenwood, 78, and James Harrison, 80 and a half. So he's, what, 71 right now? 
Yeah. Or is it 70? Yeah. So he's, he's got, if he can get 10 sacks in this game, he can, he can take it over right away. 10 whole sacks. Yeah. He's sacked that, the Ravens break a lot times. of records. <laughs> hey, you, you know what? Jim Harbaugh would have to coach almost as stupidly as Kevin Stefanski did. That was dumb. Uh, the he Steelers basically dumb. won that game, both Cleveland games, because Stefanski being dumb. But uh, anyway, just give TJ Watt a chance. He will break that record. Give the guy <laughs> a him, chance. Put him in the right spot. Give him a chance. Exactly. Now, uh, I guess it's my turn to give a little uh, score prediction as well. Um, I know you said the Steelers are going to win. I'm going to agree. I think I think we're going to be watching this game. I think it's going to be kind of similar to when uh, Pittsburgh uh, beat, I believe it was uh, Cincinnati, and then we we're trying to hope for Cleveland to knock off Baltimore before uh, Baker Mayfield threw an interception. Uh, it would have been 2018, the year before Ben got hurt, to get into the playoffs. I think it's going to be like that. I think the Steelers are going to win the game, and then we're going to flip over to Jacksonville and Indianapolis in a tight one. And everyone's going to be like, oh... Oh, the suspense, the humanity. But I think the Steelers win this game as well. I think a little higher scoring somehow. Uh, I think the Steelers score 24 points on offense. Baltimore scores 17. So a full touchdown. Really, the Steelers going to win this game. A, a bigger score than uh, you typically see. But I got one more question for you. Jeffrey Benedict, will the Pittsburgh Steelers be in the playoffs this year? I'm going with yeah. I think they are. I think they're going to make the playoffs this season. That would be something. Uh, we're going to be some big Jaguars fans on Sunday as well. But for me, I'm going to go with no. I think they win this game, but I think Indianapolis does take care of business. I don't think it's going to be that stupid tie scenario. Don't even bring that up. But uh, <laughs> I think Indianapolis wins this game. And it's going to be it's going to be a little soul-crushing, but at the same time, you're going to be like, you know what, Ben won his last two games against the Browns and the Ravens. Heck yeah, that's how Ben should go out, uh, dominating the AFC North like he has for 18 years. And and I'm okay with uh, out, that. Outside, outside of Cincinnati. I, he, do, he dominated Cincinnati for most of his career. They just happened to get good at the end. Um, yeah. But anyway. He also kind of passed, like it's kind of the passing of the torch, Joe Burrow, right now. You can look at it and say, okay, most likely, even if the Steelers get a good quarterback here in the near future, Joe Burrow is going to be the best quarterback in the AFC North for a while. <sighs> with him and Jamar Chase, man, that's it's going to be rough. Hopefully he asks for a stupid amount of money that sinks the team. Uh, <laughs> Hold out know. this year, Joe. You're worth it. Yeah, keep, worth, just keep holding out. He's worth $80 million a year this year. $100 billion he shouldn't a year even play year. in the playoff game if they don't you, give him You money. know what? I'd pay Baker Mayfield $60 million a year. He deserves it. Cle <laughs> Cleveland, just go sign that deal right now. Um, it, it'd, be, it'd be really cool. I'm, I'm a big fan. Let's sign him. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> uh, we are at the end of our show here. Uh, Jeffrey, do you have uh, anything you want to plug for the people? Yes. I've got a Vertex coming out. You're, if, you, if you like TJ Watt, uh, check out the Do Vertex we? coming out with from me and Dave Schofield about TJ Watt. And not just how good of a game he had, but the number of drives he was involved in ending for the Cleveland Browns. Check that out. Uh, he, he, man, he, he was dominant in that game for just taking the Browns off the field. Uh, I've got some stuff coming later in the week that I'm working on. Uh, we're do, I'm going to do something on the offensive line. And I got a couple other ideas going, but I, nothing concrete yet. I'm still kind of in flux. 
that is definitely uh, stuff to check out for. Those Vertex articles I know are the best that you can get. So make sure you're clicking over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Uh, tons of content coming out to you each and every day. Uh, d- despite whether or not this Sunday is the last game of the Steelers season, there's going to be tons of content regardless. This team is going to be a team in transition. This might be the biggest offseason for the Pittsburgh Steelers since the free agency era began. They have a ton of cash. They need to fix an offense line. They need a new quarterback. Who knows what they're doing with the secondary. The def- defensive line's in flux. You might want to find a new safety. You might want to fix your linebackers. The receivers are up in the air. This is going to be nuts. You need to be locked into BehindTheSteelCurtain.com because this is going to be a crazy offseason regardless. I'm excited for it. Hopefully, Still, hopefully, you, you wish the Steelers make the playoffs and make some noise there. But if they don't, there's still reason to be excited for this fan because a brand new era is upon us. And you should be excited for it. It's Steelers football, and it's going to be different. And we haven't had change in a very long time. And now a ton of changes coming. So BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all these changes when they come down the pipeline. We're going to be breaking down everything for the weeks and months to follow, guide you into the offseason. Regardless or not, if that happens this week, it's coming. So just be dialed into BTSC. Also, make sure you're checking out the uh, podcast platform. If you're watching on YouTube and Facebook, you're still only getting about a third of the story right now. We're kind of revamping our podcast side. So uh, just search BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Uh, I know a Spotify this year, I think we just went over a, a hundred ratings. Uh, so just go, if you're a Spotify user, go give BTSC five stars right now. It would help us help us grow the brand. And especially like I mentioned, this crazy off season that is among us, you're going to want to hear all this content, all the breakdowns of signings on trades on releases, because tons of stuff are coming and Hey, it's going to be fun regardless so make sure you're locked into btsc for my co-host jeffrey benedict my name is michael beck you've been listening to know your enemy could have a new name next week uh, in the off season we change things up so uh we'll see how that goes and we will talk to you guys soon